quality problem with, with Derby historically and not being able to get some of these things done is, uh, number one, the buy-in from all the people involved, which always starts and ends with the Board of Aldermen in Derby. And a lot of people don't realize that really that's where the true authority lies in the city, particularly as it relates to property dispensation. So we wanted, number one, the buy-in of the board through the process where we had an interview committee then we had, uh, I'm sorry, we had a review committee to internally review the responses to the request for proposals. And then we had an interview committee. Then we presented to the alderman in executive session. Now we come out with an interview committee, or I'm sorry, a, uh, a negotiation, negotiating team that, again, is, is multifaceted. No one has any particular agenda. And let's just say, God forbid, this thing goes on for three and four years. There's seven to eight people who are folded into it, not one person in a closed door session in a back back office somewhere who signed some deal that the city's on the hook for for a couple of years and then we end up paying a million dollars to get our own property back. I mean, uh, just to give an example. Um, <laughs> that, uh, so, so again, we're just trying to dot I's and cross T's and do things the right way and do them uh, transparently. Hey, and, has anybody uh, asked, because uh, I'm just thinking now, uh, negotiating committee... Uh, has anybody checked with FOI to see like, well, now is this something, is this formal committee going to have to n- notice me? I don't think this was your intent or the government's intent, but now that it's yeah, called, think- it was called the committee, yeah. it was formed, uh, by the alderman. So that makes this a committee committee where you have to notice meetings and keep meeting minutes and note executive sessions. Is that going to be, did I just ruin your day? Who's going to check with FOI to make you, sure it's. You did. We'll check with that with Tom Hennick. And if, if the makeup of that commission, then would need to be changed in order to make us not be FOIable to those sessions. But I think because it involves again, negotiation of terms of a, of a potential contract, even if it was to your point, it would probably be uh, executive session eligible. Yeah, um, yeah, and certainly yeah. you don't want to have an open contract negotiations. And really what, what the genesis and what the point of this whole thing is, there's some environmental issues on, on the property. So um, what's going to have to happen is the city will likely retain ownership of this property for as long as it takes to, to clean it and get it in a cleanable state. And part of that is the city has access to grant funds as a public entity that the private developer would not have. So we work in concert with them to, to say, hey, here's the end product that the city of Derby will enjoy with this with this proposal. Now, state and federal government, whomever else has the funds to do so, please help us get it in a usable state so that we can then transfer it to these people. Yeah, so it's you, just kind of haggling just, over that. You just eloquently stated what I butchered earlier in this podcast when I was trying to explain how from what I've observed, that's the key with a lot of these old properties, especially when they've, you know, at one time it was a, uh, it was Springs. People would go down there and drink the waters out of the rocks. Oh yeah. Before that it was a funeral home. And then, you know, they made jet fuel there. It just has all these different uses that go back to hundred years. Uh, and then a private developer comes in or a potential investor, Mr. Moneybags comes in, takes one look at it and then gets a, you know, oh, it's, it's what? I don't have, it's going to be a billion dollars for them to clean it up. And they always walk away. And that's what's happened so many times uh, in Derby and Ansonia. So you got you got a team with the, uh, the NVCOG. That's what I was trying to sort of say earlier that you, you just explained. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, I had something else I wanted to ask you, but it just, it just slipped my mind. So maybe we'll just, uh, oh no, it just, it, 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 I remember. All right. So we don't have to go too uh, deep into this rabbit hole, but 
On November 3rd, there are charter questions. There's charter revision has been going on uh, in Derby for a while. And I just published two letters today, that re- both of which we received yesterday, or maybe one was the day before. Uh, in, in, the, the, the four term, the four, the ex- expanding the mayor from, or all elected officials in Derby from, from two to four years. As somebody who's been working uh, in Derby City Hall five days a week, sometimes it seems like 24 hours a day based on uh, the Zoom meetings you attend, uh, do you think, are you going to be voting yes for that? Do you think it's time to uh, expand the terms in Derby? And if so, why? 100% yes. I would be voting yes for that. And I think the way, and I read one of the letters that uh, you published today, the way that it was framed that, oh, Mayor Zeke is trying to get himself four more years, that is not the case. I think that it's, it's got to be very clearly stated to you know, the people who are going to vote on this that, there was a bipartisan charter uh, charter revision commission made up of Democrats, Republicans, independents, unaffiliated folks who worked very hard for a period of months to come up with these questions. Um, long meetings, difficult conversations. Uh, they have presented what they think are uh, the recommendations that uh, the things that should be changed in our very old and antiquated charter. Um, so with, uh, to your point, to not go too far down the rabbit hole, I'll, I'll address two things. Number one, the question number one, which is literally verbal cleanup and uh, you know clerical errors and the lack of a period, things like that. And the explanatory text is, has been posted everywhere. We did everything uh, as a city we were supposed to do uh, per the statutes in terms of notifications and everything else. Because I've been hearing like, oh, the mayor did this under our nose. First of all, the mayor has nothing to do with charter revision. Uh, nor does, does our office. It all went through that commission and then through the Board of Aldermen and all the notifications and everything go through our town clerk's office with the help of the city attorney really shepherding that process. Um, but question number one is 100% a yes, and it's really just a cleanup item, if you will. And in terms, the only other one I'll touch on is the only one that I'm really familiar with is the four-year terms. 100% yes. And again, independent of who you vote for next year, whether it's Mayor Zekin or, or somebody who runs against him, that person gets a four-year crack at the things that we are now in our third year really getting done. 67 Minerva, you know, 90 Main, all these things you walk into that you think you know, but you have no idea. And you have no further to look than uh, Carmen DeSendo. Carmen was an alderman for so many years. He was the chairman of the Board of Aldermen. He was on the Blight Committee. He says it to me at least twice a week. Drew, I had no idea what was going on in this office when I was on that board. And how could you, as a, as a volunteer commission member who shows up once every 15 to 30 days and is really relying on the information you're getting from staff. So having lived it, four years is a reasonable period of time for you to show what you can do. And not to say that somebody can't do it in two years. If they can, absolutely awesome that you can get momentum going and you can get something done in two years. But for us to not only have to stop to campaign, let's say 16, 17 months into your tenure, your first tenure, figuring out where the light switches are and starting to learn all the names of your vendors and your insurance agents and everything else is a disservice to the, to the residents of this city. Um, not to mention the cost associated with a, an election. Every two years we stop to do this again. And it's, and I, think, I, I don't quote me on the cost, but I, I, someone told me it's $15,000 to run an election, which is not a huge chunk of money, but it's enough that, $15,000 in our pocket to do other things for another two years is, is much more valuable than to me to stop, 
when we have, it's so difficult to find people who a want to get involved uh, and mm-hmm. B who, who, <laughs> are, are willing, are willing to get involved. I guess is, is the point, you know, mm-hmm. think of the task force. You have 12 people run, 10 people get elected and it's difficult for us to find the 12 people. Yeah. To run. And then that. with, and I, no. I might be showing my hand here a little bit, but, uh, I mean, I put this on Twitter. Somebody had said, uh, well, you know, any any politician that wants to give himself more time in office, uh, you know, they're not reading the, the will of the people, the, the political mo- mood. And I think that person was more talking in general because I, I don't think it's insane to say that two-year limit or two-year terms – has contributed in some way to the lack of development along Main Street, particularly the the downtown redevelopment zone. And uh, I mean, just as an observer, I've seen so many different plans. Like the, one administration will propose a plan, then uh, it's time for the election, and suddenly it, 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 the other side tries to sabotage it. Uh, either they're successful or they're not. Uh, then a new administration has been brought in and the planning for the redevelopment zone starts from scratch. And then that person's voted out. Then it starts from scratch. It, it seems that like stability of some kind might make it smoother uh, in the redevelopment zone. Uh, I mean, I, th- I guess obviously you agree with that because you just said that essentially. Yeah, I, I do. I do 100%. And, uh, you don't have to look again any further than kind of our experience having, having lived this now for, for almost we're going on into our, our fourth year. Um, and I can just tell you what it's like when you come in You're just, we, we were very bright and bushy tailed and I was listening to the mayor's, uh, first state of the city address and all the, the bullet points of things that we tackled when we first got in. Most of it was out of being naive things that you would, we, we would probably never, if you told me today, oh yeah, you could do this, this, and this that you did here. Well, I wouldn't even attempt it because the amount of bandwidth that all those things take, really a lot of that bandwidth should be focused on the really paradigm shifting, changing things. And that is you know, the downtown redevelopment and, uh, you know, upping the tax base and taking the burden off of our residents. We, you don't get, there's not enough hours in the day for us with our, with our capability and our staff and everything else to do that. There just isn't. So now that you know how to better allocate the time and resources, or we know, um, we, we could be dangerous for the next year. I'm really looking forward to the things that are, are in the hopper right now. But I can't really say that for the first year. For the first year, you know, coming in, looking the part, wearing a suit every day, talking the talk, thinking you know what you're talking about, versus what I know now is, is astronomical. And I have no problem saying that as a lifelong resident of Derby who wanted to get involved. You know, we, we learned, we've been learning on the job and I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we are right now. But if you think somebody new is going to come in and all of a sudden hit the ground running, knowing what we know at this point, um, you know, and then again, not from a political perspective, I'm talking more almost from our staff perspective, hmm. keep that continuity at the very least. Uh, but you know, just like uh, on the, on the national level, you got a president who gets a, a four year crack at things and you got, congressmen and senate senators who've been there for 30 years doing the same thing behind the scenes so where's the problem why i don't know it's hard to blame one person is my point so all right 
Sorry, that was a little bit of a rant. Sorry, I had a little, a little too much caffeine this morning. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean, I I, I didn't think of uh, that subject until literally it just popped into my head. So uh, anyway, Andrew, I want to thank you uh, for taking something like 43 minutes of your time uh, today. And, uh, you know, get well soon, uh, Mayor Zekin, and get well soon to uh, everybody uh, who has this uh, stinking virus and... Uh, you know, just best of luck to everybody. All right. Thank you, Eugene. One, one final note is at my second day of quarantine here, I taught myself how to spear fish. I pulled my own tooth. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I have a new best friend of volleyball named Wilson. So I'm, I'm growing my hair out and I look forward to seeing everybody back. Oh, next, man. Uh, next oh, don't talk to me about <laughs> hair. I talked to my 84 year old mother yesterday. Who, uh, you know, she see, I send her pictures of myself because I, you know, I, I look like, she's like, what are you, some kind of dirty hippie? Like, she just will not, yeah. will not be alone. Yeah. Good old mom. <laughs> Can never satisfy mom. <laughs>